What's the most exciting and most watched sport in the United States? If you said anything else but football, you lose. Welcome to the Air Raid Attack Podcast. Nothing's more exciting than college or pro football. And when we say football, we don't mean soccer. Oh, no. We'll hang, we'll give you in-depth analysis, and you know what? Football and life have a lot in common. So you'll hear us tackle life topics sometimes, too. Right! Right! So let's do it. This is the Air Raid Attack Podcast. And here we go, here we go! And this is your host, Air Raid Mike. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Mike. You're listening to the unscripted, unfiltered, 100% authentic. First things first, uh, we are ever so close to college football. College football is literally right around the corner. The best time of the year, uh, in my opinion, the best sport in the in the uh, country, if not the world. To all your soccer uh, lovers, there you have it. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fun show. It's an honor to having uh, the Troy Boys uh, on the podcast, we'll be talking everything Troy football. Troy is a part of the Sunbelt Conference, in case you guys really didn't know. Uh, is part of the Sunbelt Conference and reigning uh, Sunbelt champions. So without further ado, it's my honor to have Trojan Joe and Seabass, uh, two of the three co-hosts of the Troy Boys on the Air Raid. Guys, first off, welcome to the show, and uh, how is your uh, Wednesday going along? Hum day couldn't be much better. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here. Uh, ready to talk a little Troy football. Most definitely. And, you know, uh, Troy football, of course, here in Big 12, soon to be SEC country, you know, just doesn't get much love. But Mike Gundy, you know, he may recognize Troy from time to time. But without further ado, you know, tell the listeners a little about your guys yourself and the show before we kick things off. Yeah, uh, so the Troy Boys, uh, we started going, I think this is our third season. Um, So, I mean, I I give us credit because we kind of started in like the worst of times for Troy football. Um, Chip Lindsey was there. Mm. Uh, You know, we couldn't win a coin toss. I mean, it was a a tough time, um, and we started making this pod. So now, you know, finally the college football gods are rewarding us uh, by sending us John Summerall. Um, you know, who's basically perfection among men um, to be our head coach and, and fix all the problems. So, um, you know, we're we have been uh, we make a podcast um, that like breaks down every single game. We host, uh, you know, fans from the other team. So, you know, the Sun Belt has gotten so much more active, like online and, and things like that. And we've had just so much fun bringing on fans from the other schools and interviewing them and talking about the different Sunbelt towns. And, I mean, we've just been really, um, really elated to kind of be here to ride this wave that the Sunbelt Conference has made. Um, you know, I can't believe that Oklahoma fans wouldn't be 
so familiar with the Sun Belt, given that y'all are so close to Sun Belt mm-hmm. powerhouse, Texas State. Texas. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's I, y'all should be inundated by Sun Belt fans. W- what do you think, Seabass? Yeah, uh, the, the Texas State Bobcats. If you go listen to that preview, might be a decent team this year, Joe. Uh, you know, it's just just saying. Um, yeah, it, Trojan Joe here is not the biggest fan of Texas State and really wants them removed from the Sun Belt. But uh, you know, uh, uh, to echo what he was saying, yeah. The Sun Belt really is a growing conference, and they've done a really good job positioning themselves here in this era of conference realignment um, to really solidify what they are um, and to be more of a southeastern regional group and not really try to branch out too much and and spread our legs to the point to where we fall apart. Well, absolutely, and that kind of kicked things off is, you know, briefly about the conference realignment. You know, nothing, um, obviously, if anybody hasn't, heard the news you've definitely been missing out but um oregon washington usc ucla go into the big 10 you got oklahoma course in texas go into the uh, sec then you got arizona arizona state utah and colorado go into the uh, big 12 for colorado going back to the big 12 and who knows what's going to happen with the acc and the remaining four teams out in the pac 12 but real brief um i know obviously we're not done with conference realignment i'm sure we're going to see you know more throughout the year and coming years but is this good or bad for the uh college football um realm uh when you get to this and it was a good show last night by uh two good fr- uh, friends of mine herbert Raj on their podcast when they had bama beat writer on and they were talking about how a lot of people believe that the ncaa uh, college football at least is trying to get to where the nfl is at maybe the NFC, AFC, and that could be your two super conferences and everybody else is out for themselves type of thing. But for now, um, is all this conference realignment good or bad for the sport? I know for the Olympic sports, uh, it's got to be a bummer because, you know, you know, I know football pays the bills for a lot of universities, but these Olympic sports, I'm sure, would, is going to take a hit when it comes to, you know, conference realignment. All right, Seabass, gobble that bait up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, is it good or bad for college football? It's rather subjective. I, th- I think it depends on who you are. You know, I, is it good for the University of Alabama? Yeah, it's a great thing. They have a great brand. They have a great national and international image. They have nothing to lose here. But if you're somebody like Furman, th- this is a big deal. You know, we're, we're separating the pack further and further and further away. And to give smaller universities a chance, you're, you're just taking it from them. Um, and if we go in this direction of the bigger haves versus the have nots, the opportunities for the smaller schools to play these bigger schools are going to go away. Um, I know that the big 10 is currently talking about basically removing all of the G five play in the future. Um, and then that turns into a payday for schools like Troy um, that, that, that's, that's an influx of money that the university relies on to function throughout the year. Um, not that we play the big 10 regularly, but if everybody goes in that direction, that's going to be an issue for, for schools like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the question then becomes, should we segregate college football from the rest? And if we do that, what kind of model does that look like? I think that that's the best move is if you want to have a mega you know, college football top 60 team thing and they go off and do their own thing and leave the rest of us down here and we'll, f- we'll, we'll figure out what we're doing. I-, I think that's the best move 
for everybody so that the other sports are not impacted. You know, if you're, if you're a softball player and you're a rut, let's say you're a Rutgers softball player, you now have to go play a conference game in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And that's a problem. Yep. Um, you know, that gets expensive. It becomes a, a logistical nightmare. Um, I know everybody wants to bring up, you know, the student athlete and go into classes and stuff. We have virtual options now, you know, there are ways around that. Um, but I'm just thinking the logistics, the time, the travel, the expenses, it, is it worth it? You know, and then they're going to go look at other schools and institutions who have thought further ahead um, and they're going to wind up losing out. So those smaller institutions and these mega conferences like Indiana, for example, they're going to take hits um, or Illinois. You know, these are schools that we don't think of as a traditional powerhouse um, and they're going to get dinged for it because of the direction that we're going in. Um, so I think it depends on who you are. You know, if you're one of these programs that's locked down and you have a, have a brand and image that's national, you're fine. Michigan's fine. Ohio State's fine. But schools like, you know, Wake Forest might not be fine. Stanford might not be fine. Stanford was a wonderful football team 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, they were great. And they've kind of fallen off the wagon, but we're not giving them a chance to get back on the wagon anymore. And I think that for schools like that, this is a detriment. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine if, if they want to go to 24 versus 24 and have their – super whatever league and and play for for a championship great but i do think you know at some point when you who's the 48th team right Mm -hmm. like when you get to the 48th best team you're not going to be reading me some name that everybody's impressed with you're going to be saying some name like rutgers yep and so my only thing is and I'm, i'm i could be arrested under state law here in alabama for suggesting that we borrow something from our friends in Europe, but why don't we have promotion and relegation? Um, you know, if we have, if they're going to have this super league and we're going to play down here in what used to be the group of five, well, you know, how about the, the eight teams in your super league that go, you know, freaking three and nine have to move down. And the, you know, the teams in our league that go 12 and two, like Troy did last year, they get a chance to move up. And, and the worst thing that can happen is you're, you know, oh, well, these guys come up and then you're blowing them out of the water. Fine. Uh, but every now and then you're going to bring a team up and they're going to prepare for it and they're going to stick around and you're going to have a, a school and a program have the opportunity to play at that highest level because they've earned it. Uh, it's ridiculous to think that, well, you know, we're going to have Vanderbilt is going to be included in this 48 team mega conference because, because they just are, because they were on a list of sec schools and how dare you question that, you know, I mean, let's make this a meritocracy. And and if it really is so much like, well, the, the, the talent is so different and this is so different. Why was TCU in the national title mm-hmm. game? Last year? Like, let, you know, go ahead and give everybody a shot to at least earn their way there and let's see what happens. And if y'all are all right and, you know, y'all just beat every team that comes out of the lower division, then fine. Um, but at least there will be some way for people to have hope. If you cut people off and you tell a school like Troy that uh, certainly is investing its in, pro- in its program, go to Troy, Alabama. Look at the size of the stadium versus the size of the town. That's going to tell you everything you need to know. Um, and so if you're going to tell that program – well, there's never any hope. You're never going to get to the national title level. Then at some point it's like, you know, 
to quote Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, you guys are so busy uh, deciding if you could do it, you didn't stop to think about if you should. You know, you're going to ruin college football just to see if you can get, you know, two million extra dollars out of ESPN. And then you're going to wonder why the product isn't the same that it was. No, I think you're, I think you both are spot on. And, and it goes back to, um, you know, as fans, when's enough enough? I mean, you can keep expanding. You know, the SEC, you know, you always hear at the Florida State, you always hear Clemson, you know, Notre Dame, the biggest chip of the, of the pot. You know, who knows where they're going to end up at if they even do. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's enough is enough. I mean, after a while, I mean, yeah, it's cool that, you know, for example, like my ass, you know, my stance is, yeah, Oklahoma's going to the SEC, whether or not they can compete in there, who knows? We'll find out. But, and same goes for Texas. But, um, but you know, you add now 16. I mean, let's go, you know, how many more? I mean, after a while, you know, in my opinion, you know, enough is enough. And, you know, you get too big, it's not even fun anymore because now you're not even playing, you know, everybody every two years. You're probably doing it every, at least once every, Lord, I'm sure four or five years. So um, I don't know. Yep, I agree. Now we're, we're kind of in that the same mindset here. I think we're all in one accord right now. But I will say this enough about college football realignment. Thank God. Who knows where the heck it could go. And personally, <clears throat> I don't get paid enough to uh, to figure their minds out. But first things first, let's talk some Troy football. Give Troy all the recognition for the next, oh, I don't know, 50 minutes or so, whatever we got going here. Uh, <clears throat> so let's talk some Troy. 2022 uh, overall record, 12-2, 7-1 in the Sun Belt. John Summerall, uh first year when of course won the Sun Belt. Um recapping the 22 season, of course, you know, I personally can't say much unfortunately on on my opinion, but from your guys' standpoints, uh recap to 22 season, of course, I'm sure it probably exceeded all expectations mm-hmm. um from last year. And what does that look like as we head into the 23 season here in a few weeks? Uh, yeah, well, I'll start. So, yeah, last season when we started this, we we were all high on John Summerall. Um, it, it was kind of an anybody but Chip Lindsay mindset, but we at the Troy Boys were real big on John Summerall prior to the hire. So when he came in, we were ecstatic, um, and we knew that we needed to get back to that defensive-minded football that Troy is branded by. I mean, we thought he was he was the guy to do the job. So he came in, and and the ultimate goal it was the unwritten you know, rule that's that's out and about in Troy Trojan land is the, the goal right now is just a bowl game. Right. If we could make six, seven wins, the fan base will be happy. And I, w- I would have been ecstatic to have finally said, you know, hot damn, we're going to the Camellia Bowl. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a chance here. Um, but we exceeded expectations in a way that if you go back and listen to our podcast, we were cautious every single game. We were We were glad we were doing well but we felt the stumble coming somewhere and it just never happened. We always managed to find a way to win. Um, Coach Summerall was real big on the be where you are kind of mentality. You know, don't, don't look at your past, look forward one game at a time. And, and they managed to find a way to win. They were real good at halftime adjustments. Um, things that we, we had this group chat, we would be texting each other. What the hell is going on you know, right. at halftime? We, we have no idea. What's going? This is not the football we, we expect. And then they come back at halftime. And it's a totally different team. Arkansas State last year, 
the the it was about to derail right there at the very end of the season. Everything was about to collapse, and we were about to hand it to South Alabama. God forbid. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, and we were about to just hand it to them, and then they go in the locker room, and it's it's it it, it, it it's like you know Kansas City just walked out mm. in the second half. It was a totally different team. Um, so I, I feel like Coach Summerall and his staff did a really good job at making some adjustments when they needed to be done, and that led us to just this our era of success that we had. Um, all the way through the postseason up, up against UTSA. Yeah, I mean, I think the hardest thing to say as a college football fan, because like no matter how much we want to pretend to be rational human beings, we're not, you know, right. and we wake up every Saturday morning and it doesn't matter if my team's scheduled to play Stephen F. Austin uh, or like the literal ghost of Stephen F. Austin, I'm predicting, you know, Troy by 50. I want to win every single game. Um, and so it's hard to put a loss in the positive category. Uh, you know, Seabass and I were in Oxford. We watched the Ole Miss game. Um, we saw a lot of positives out of that. Yes. Um, I then went up to Boone, North Carolina, um, and was there for game day, being on App State's campus. Mm -hmm was in the, you know, in the stadium, in Kid Brewer Stadium um, to, to watch that game and to watch us lose in, in, in the worst way you can lose a football game. You know, at the very last minute, you know, some stupid, the ball bounces the wrong way and, and you lose the game, um, you know, and you're just, you know, hoping you can make it to your car before the, you know, Boone Police Department escorts you out of the city. Um, you know, and I mean, we, but, but the, the thing is, as much as it was hard to do in the moment, losing that game to App was probably the most important thing we did last year. Yes. Because it really did bind the team together. Um, you know, you had a team that had been through a lot of rough years with a really terrible coach. Um, and so you went through this loss together, and John Summerall, you know, was able to go in that locker room and say, hey, is this, what, is this feeling – what you want, you know, because this is what we can get by average work. You can get this feeling or we can work even harder and we can win. And so, you know, it got those guys to a different place. Even Carlton Marshall, I mean, who's has the NCAA career record uh, for tackles. I mean, that's not a guy that is tough to motivate. Right. Um, but even he played differently after that game, you know, um, so I think that's – when I look back on that 2022 season, there were so many great games I was at. I was at the bowl game. You know, I watched us play Lala, and they went up 17 nothing, and we came back to beat them 23-17. So many great moments. But probably the moment I'll always remember is that loss because in that loss is where we kind of made the grist of what would be that 12-2 and season. So – as hard as that is to do as a college football fan, sometimes you've got to look at the setbacks and go, you know, this is actually what is going to propel us uh, either this season or next season because it's it's really building the men on our sidelines. That leads, of course, to the 23 season. Let's preview the offense first. You know, the team's overall production came, um, I would probably say, what, through late late in the season. But you got, uh, you know, transfer, of course, you know, Oklahoma State's uh, Eli Russ and Kobe Smith from Auburn to help. But the pass protection, you know, I would say probably hasn't been 
far better. But of course, I'm not watching much Troy games either. <laughs> but um, what would you guys say um, when it comes to the offensive mark? You got, uh, you know, some transfers coming in. But overall, what would you uh, expect out of the offense this year? You know, I, I think the offense is going to be better. Um, I think it would have to be. There's certain games last year, you know, we beat Army 10-9. to Right. We beat that team in Mobile ten to six. Um, you know these are these are Iowa Iowa State scores, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't yep. you're not expecting. And in fact, uh, some of our players were apparently wagering on the Iowa Iowa State game. <laughs> um, so, like you, um, I mean, a little, they're already suspended. What can yes. I do? Um, but uh, you know, I, I think it all comes down to how good you feel. And and you know, uh, Michael, I got to tell you, if, if you ever want a little heat. Uh, just journey over to troyfans.com, the hottest message board in all the land. It is an inferno um, and, every yeah, single and, day. It yeah, is and you'll, you'll find plenty of people upset about all aspects, like even, you know, who's taking the trash out in the visitor's concourse. Um, <laughs> but, Sweet. You, you know, there's lots of excitement. You know, Gunner Watson, uh, right. Taylor County native, coming back for his sixth year, which on any other squad in the United States – the fans would be elated. You know, you'd have kids and at Troy Regional Hospital being named Gunner every other day. Um, but people have never really warmed to Gunner. Gunner was always seen kind of as Chip Lindsay's quarterback. Yep. Um, and so because people hated Chip so much, I think that's why you say and Gunner does some dumb things. I mean, I was at the Cure Bowl and watched him watch, you know, let the snap go behind him. Um, you know, for a safety. So like Gunner earns some of the, the, the ire that he gets, but I think a lot of it is just because of whose guy he is. Um, and on Troy fans, certainly if you start talking about goose Crowder, um, that is his backup for this right. year. It looks let like loose the goose. Yeah. Let loose. The goose is going to be one of the first things you see. Um, you know, people are really excited about him the same way people were excited about Jarrett Dagey last year. You know, um, you just you have kind of a, a fan base that can't rally around a guy even after he's he's been such a loyal Trojan and had such success this last year. He was the MVP of the Sunbelt Conference title game, and you still had people, you know, middle of the second quarter, we're up 20-something points on Coastal, and people are yelling at Summerall to put in the backup. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the relationship Gunner has had with the fans. Um, and I hate that for him. Um, I think Gunner has an opportunity to have a lot more success. Uh, Kamani Vidal is back and healthy at halfback. I think he could be really good. Jabri Barber is back at wide receiver. Um, he's kind of a hometown hero type guy. Uh, a lot like Jarrell Jernigan, who was a, a legend for the Trojans, played for the New York Giants, won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants. Um, you know, a smaller guy, plays in the slot, very elusive. Uh, and he's back, um, you know, he's, he's 5'10", so I love calling him smaller because if he knocked on my front door, he could, you know, whoop my ass. But um, <laughs> there's also a lot of excitement <laughs> about um, Clayton Allendike. Uh, he's a tight end. Uh, so, like, at Troy, we're not, like, really positive even, like, what tight ends do. Um, you know, I mean, it's an air raid squad, like – uh, you know, if you gave Neil Brown three chances, he couldn't spell tight end. Um, that's just not a, a position that he cares about. Um, and so, like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. He's a big guy. He's a big frame. 
we send him to media day, you know, usually you're not sending, you know, some guy that's not going to be a factor to media day. Um, so, uh, Ollie, as the players call him, I hope that he does really well. Um, I think it's going to be all about kind of how do we move? How do we progress? And what does coach want to see in terms of the transition? Um, you know, he came in, he was the first coach Troy has had since I've been a fan in 2004 that said, we do not want to be no offense to the pod. Uh, you know, we don't want to be an air raid team. Right. What Troy has been an air raid team. Oh, yeah. You know, when Larry Blakeney brought us to the promised land with the, when we had DeMarcus Ware and OCU mm-hmm. Manura lining up on the defensive line, yep. we were playing that air raid siren in the stadium. And, you know, Tony Franklin was on the sideline, the godfather of the air raid. Mm-hmm. And so you had kind of a fan base that I think has gotten accustomed to that. Um, and so now you had the first coach to come in and go, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to really try to run the ball. Um, you know, Seabass owes a fan a stake from a I, bet. I do. Lost. I, I lost, um, yeah. I was not a big fan at first of this run run first mentality. Um, there's a lot of episodes of our podcast where I'm ripping Joe Craddock to shreds for, for handing the ball off, downs one, two, and three. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's evolved for us offensively. Um, it's kind of created another dimension for us. It's not really common in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt's a, a pass-first conference. Most mm-hmm. most teams do that. Even Georgia Southern, who has been historically an option team, has transitioned away from that the last two years. Um, so I feel like if we continue down this stretch of having depth in the running in the running core, we we have a chance to be successful on offense. And I feel like that that's kind of was our struggle last year. Kind of talking about what Joe was talking about, how we've transitioned away from the offense that we're used to, our team was built to re- to catch the ball. So we weren't really set up to block up front and, and, and create some gaps for some guys. And uh, that kind of hurt us offensively. We had a lot of low scoring games. So like Joe was saying, I feel like we're going to improve offensively. Um, we have to. We, yeah, absolutely no other way. we have to. And I mean, I think it's just, it's a matter of how quick do we go to it? We've got a loaded running back room. How much are we going to run? How much is this new look offensive line going to allow us to run? Um, and what's Gunnar Watson going to do? Um, you know, Gunnar Watson last season, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Okay. If one of my players on NCAA 2014 had that ratio, he'd be sitting by homecoming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love Gunnar Watson. I'm friends with his dad. Um, but I mean, now that we're in the real deal, he's here for his sixth year. He's come back. What is it going to look like? Um, and the final point for the offense, I think for the first time in a long time, um, I said this on our podcast, the man on the sideline on offense and defense, but definitely on offense that John Summerall has to worry the most about is number zero expectations. Uh, there haven't been expectations. Just like Bass said, I mean, we were showing up to that stadium, filling Veterans Memorial Stadium, and all we wanted – was to go to the Camellia Bowl and eat a really depressing meal at the IHOP in downtown Montgomery. <laughs> like, that's all that we wanted out of right. life was to just tell people that we had a game coming up against Buffalo in Crampton Bowl, okay? And, like, we've made it. We made it, baby. Like, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. We are playing Buffalo in the Crampton Bowl. and But now... People don't have that. College football fans are the most schizophrenic people in the world. Yes, they are. 
the people that 12 months ago were like, all John Summerall has to do is not vomit on himself in public, and I'll, I will declare him Bear Bryant. Now you have those same people on message boards saying like, well, if John Summerall doesn't get us to the playoffs with this squad, he might as well shut it down. What's he even doing? And it's like, okay, well, this is, I'm glad we've thrown all rational thinking out the window because that was boring. Um, So like, what does he do? Because, you know, it's always fun to come in and be the renegade and the rebel and have everybody tell you, coach, just go out there and have a good time. Like, but now you've got folks that are putting money into this program, serious money. And they're saying, hey, 12 and two, we liked that. Uh, Do it again. You know, dance monkey. And 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 when you get to the dance monkey position, that's tough, you know. And like, how is he going to respond to that? And how are his players going to respond to that? That that's yep. going to be the most interesting question of this season. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coach, Coach Summerall, if you're listening to this, I would never ever say dance monkey to you, and I apologize that I even <laughs> intimated that. Um, you're my favorite person ever. <laughs> Uh, and I would do anything uh, that you asked me to do. I'll name my first uh, children John, whether male or female. Either one will be John. Um, so, Seabass, take it away before I embarrass myself in front in front of God Emperor. Uh, no, you're you're doing you're doing great. Uh, you're doing great. It's a, it's a pleasure to 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 know that you're listening to me right now. Um, so, uh, just to finish and wrap up all of the offensive thoughts right here. Um, the response thing, like Joe was talking about, is huge because, as we said, the last loss we had was against App State, and we're we're going to lose a game this season. You, right. you know, it's going to happen. So, what's going to happen once we lose that game? You know, I, how do we respond at that point? Do we do we hang our hat or do we keep going? Um, and I, I, that's the one thing I'm worried about because I'd worried all last year we were going to stumble at some point, but it never happened. You know, we we constantly went out there and did the thing we needed to do. But I don't know that that grit's going to be there because we just have the expectation of winning. We expect to go out there and win. But now everybody has our name circled on a, on a calendar. Doesn't matter who mm-hmm. we are, you know. Uh, and, and I'm worried that that's not been the case the last couple of years. And now we're going to get our their best game every single week. And, and I, I, I'm worried that we're not going to do the right things we need to do to make offensively be what we need to be. I don't know how else to say that. You know, I, I think we can. I think all the pieces are there. We, we just got to execute. Uh, we can do it, but we'll see how it goes. Real quick, uh, losing Tez Johnson to Oregon, is that going to affect your guys' receiving core this year? Who are you talking about? Never Tez Johnson. Who's that? Yeah, I've, he must have Yeah, he must have been on the, the scout team or something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't Fair let the door hit you on the way out. Ahead. No, I, there, there's nothing. There, yeah, there's nothing to say. Yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. We'll replace you. Everyone's no, replaceable. We're being. I mean, we're being. We're being uh, jilted lovers here. Um, you know, Tez, I mean, Tez. I, I don't think Tez's season warranted him getting a Power Five pickup. I will right. say that. I mean, he had four touchdowns last year. I had four touchdowns last year. All right, <laughs> um, but. I mean, he wasn't Rajay Johnson. Rajay Johnson showed up um, from UAB and absolutely killed it and was, I mean, the, the you know, the spark on our offense. Um, Tez was a really good player. Um, he, he was adopted 
by, um, and I don't, <laughs> you definitely do not want to start this conversation, <laughs> um, but he was adopted by the Knicks family. Um, so like Bo Nix, he grew up with Bo Nix as his brother. Um, and so, I mean, I think there's definitely part of like why he ended up in Oregon. Um, but like, there's the rational part of my brain that says that and like wishes Tez all the best. And there's the Troy part of my brain. That's like, I hope you trip going up the stairs every day because like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, he just seemed like such a Troy guy. Um, you know, I sat next to his mom at a couple, I sat next to his mom at app state and, and, um, and cheered with her. And, and so for him to leave and go to Oregon, um, you know, I mean, I think Good it'll definitely him. hurt us. We're, we're bringing a lot of guys in Landon Parker, um, who's coming in from Wofford. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, go to YouTube, type in Landon Parker and prepare to be absolutely amazed. I mean, this goofy looking white dude, uh, at Wofford who plays wide receiver and punter, uh, just for fun. Um, I mean, is absolutely a maniac. I mean, just stealing circus catches from cornerbacks and safeties. Um, and I think he's going to be somebody that we lean on a lot. Um, are we going to miss Tez Johnson for sure? You know, I mean, anybody that you have in the slot that has that much experience that knows the offense, you're going to miss them. Um, but I mean, that's another whole thing about the transfer portal. It has you like only the transfer portal could have men in their late thirties having really passionate, negative feelings about 20 year old kids who are like, I hate you. Like, and it's like, I mean, this kid just went to get, you know, his freaking creative materials degree from Oregon, leave him alone. Um, so, but I mean, to end that, I will say like, you know what, stick to it. You, you, you got a scholarship. I know your brother is going to go play over there, but like, you just stick with the Trojans. I, I hope he enjoys – it'll be nice because he can show players at Oregon what a conference title ring looks like. So, I mean, that'll be fun. Oh. God damn. He said it. He is on it tonight. Oh, I like that one. I'm going to have to uh, – um, Joe, you just got yourself a clip. I'm going to have to – Nice. Get Aggregate. <laughs> Aggregate, folks. Let's get it out there. What are we at? 33, 14. So 33. 33-ish. Yeah. 33-ish. So there you go, Joe. You got yourself a clip on that one. I appreciate that, buddy. (laughs) Previewing the – I love this show. Previewing the defensive side. You're looking at the defense. uh, I would probably say maybe, you know, I can't really for for sure, for sure, say that they're probably more impressive than what the stats probably looked like. They finished second in the Sun Belt. Of course, uh, I believe behind Marshall, not a hundred percent on that one, but we beat uh, them. So, <clears throat> from what I saw, you guys looked pretty good getting to the backfield, even though at times struggled on third downs. Um, overall, looking at uh, this defense for this year, uh, how are you guys stacking? Um, so defensively, we're just losing a, a bunch of quality players. You know, just to name a couple. Joe said it earlier, Carlton Marshall, all-time tackles leader in college football, uh, K.J. Robertson at linebacker, and the tackle Will Cholo. Those are a couple of really big, stout starters that we have on defense that we've lost and we need to replace. Um, You know, Joe said it earlier and mentioned it. uh, The safety Reggie Bracey has been suspended for sports wagering allegations. Can't do that. It's not okay. That's a no-no. That's that's a no-no. Um, and then we've also have TJ Jackson um, has been suspended as well for an unspecified team rule. He's broken. 
and we're going to leave it at that. Um, and we've not stated how long either of them are going to be suspended for. So I'm just going to factor them as not playing. And then from, you know, from there, if they come back, they come back. Um, you know, so now we just got to figure out who's going to fill these spots. Uh, the defensive end, Zach Edward looks like a great, uh, opportunity for us. The defensive end Deshaun, the Reaper Batisti from New Orleans looks like another great option for us. Reaper. Uh, the Reaper. Uh, so we've got plenty of players. We just got to plug them into the right spots. Um, yeah, Jubinor is back again in the bandit position. Buddha Jones, the tackle is going to be back again. You know, there's, there's a lot of quality players that we have. Um, we, we've just got to fill the holes that we've created on defense, and we should be stout again on defense. It's just the question is, is how long is it going to take us to fill these spots? I mean, if you look at our, our roster, there's Del Pettis, Javon Solomon, Reddy Stewart. I mean, there are players – that are household names right now in Trojan Nation that are coming back on defense again. So I feel like we have another good defensive year. We just need the offense to catch up. And then and then I feel like we're going to be back to being the Trojan wall, baby. How did you miss the coolest secondary player name in all of the Sun Belt in O'Shea Fletcher? I'm sorry. O'Shea I'm Fletcher sorry. is back to bring his mighty shillelagh Against any wide receiver that dare comes over the middle of the field. Yeah, All right. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I forgot Luis Medina, no. too. I mean, there are names everywhere. Jaden wow. McDonald. I mean, there are kids I everywhere. Hope, I hope they it. both show up at your pond. Uh, hey, hey, bring it's it on. not going to go well for no, you. Okay? No, it's not. And, and they're bringing Gasparato with them, too. I mean, they're, they're no, going to no. that guy. That guy is super jacked. Yeah, um, no. yeah I agree with you. I, I, I think I think the defense is going to continue to be – you know, I mean, that's one thing. Um, my wife is a, a Colorado grad. So, um, you know, she's uh, for the first time I talked about expectation being on our sideline. Expectation is like trying to get a map to show it how to get to Boulder because it hasn't been there in so long. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, expectations are there. And she asked me, you know, what position group will really look best? And I said, well, it's going to be cornerbacks, right? Because I mean, Deion Sanders knows how to coach cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's going to do that really well. Um, you know, John Summerall is a linebacker. Um, so it's mm -hmm. no coincidence that his first year with the Trojans, we have a linebacker break the all-time tackle record. You know, um, I think you're going to see a lot of strength from that front seven um, because John Summerall knows how to coach that position because he played that position. Um, you know, I think we've got enough strength in the back end of the defense. Um, I hate that TJ's out. I don't know what TJ did. Um, you know, if I was not so absolutely terrified of John Summerall, I would ask him about it in a press conference, but I am. So um, <laughs> I'm going to let it go and just let him suspend him for the rest of his life. I can't handle it. Um, but I mean, TJ, we're going to miss because he's an yeah. absolute weapon. He's better. TJ Jackson is a better defensive threat than any offensive lineman that's in the Sun Belt. And that, that's just guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and we're going to miss him until he comes back. Um, but, you know, it. you you don't get a – this is one of the problems. And, Michael, I'm sure you've seen this um, being a Oklahoma guy. You don't really get – as much as you hate when players are suspended and players mm -hmm. are disciplined, it's like – you don't get the Oklahoma team that you want to see out there unless there's that level of discipline. Exactly. So why, why you may miss a guy being out there for a game. Yep. It's like him not being out there is what is going to make a team that you're proud of. 
So it's like, it's hard because you want the best guys out there, but sometimes you do have to just, you know what, let them sit. If coach says they have to sit, um, you know, does it give you a better chance to win this Saturday? Sure. But coach is worried about a Saturday next year, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, at some point you just have to go coach knows best. Um, And that's hard to do though. Cause like, like we've already established, we are all criminally insane. uh, Oh yeah. Well, and that's a good point. Cause I mean, you know, that, and that's a good thing you brought up is the fact, I mean, you know, coming from an OU fan, we, we should know for, you know, prime examples, the Chick-fil-A bowl that was, uh, what, 19, 2019 when we got cremated by LSU. Half of our defense and half of our offense players were suspended for personal stuff. So, you know, look what happens when, when that happens. You're just, uh, you know, tough out of luck. But, yes, I agree. How did, you, did you go to that game? No, um you know, I will say this humbly. Um, probably glad I did it. I was actually thinking about it, though. I did go to last year's Red River Shootout, and okay. uh, mm. you know that was. Mm. That, that I'm just curious. Well the like, food so went so... well. I mean, that's about. <laughs> yeah. it, that's about I'm as much so, as I can hey, get. We like we like food around here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry to I'm sorry for hijacking your podcast. I no, just, you're good. I mean, I think everybody that loves college football wants to talk about this and that is have you ever been to a game where lsu fans were and how much did you hate it because they're just they're the worst right yeah you know i've heard i haven't been to a game to answer your question so but i know next year we go down to death valley and that's my if there's one game i go to next year that's the one i want to go to i'm so if that if that happens i'm sure I'm, i'm gonna feel it Pretty I'll tell you, it's definitely it's not that, uh, yeah, it's not that difficult to win there. I mean, it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is, that. it's tough. Like they're just, they are really, it's everything you've heard about them. You're like, that eh, can't be that bad. And then you experience them firsthand. And you're like, this is a war crime. Like, yeah. why are they allowed to run around the country? just doing this wherever they want. It's, yeah. it's terrible. I hope they're listening to your pod and I hope they email only you because I don't, I can't, read, <laughs> I can't Find read me. Creole. So <laughs> do not email me like your boudin, boudin crawfish. I don't understand that. Find me on the uh, Twitter, LSU fans, undefeated Mike and air raid podcast and feel free right. to uh, at yeah. him. Yeah. At, at him. me. Yeah, and uh, don't find us on Twitter. Do not. At, at do not find podcast. us on X or Meta or anywhere else. Just eat your etouffee and shut up. Well, you know, 29%, I'm looking at the, the ge- geographic location that's listening to this podcast from Louisiana. 29% is from Baton Rouge, so apparently. Oh, they're, shit. They're li- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, guys, don't worry. They're listening like hoping for her news that the war in the pacific is over okay like i mean it's it's 1944 <laughs> in like don't have no concern that's right mind. but i mean <laughs> on another note uh, thank you for the paycheck we appreciate it we hope you enjoyed yes. homecoming we've it used was, it it was well. a fun time for us uh go trojans and uh go fuck yourself whoa you suck lsu <laughs> Oh, this is nice, right? This is, this is fun. This is <laughs> We're having fun. Who would have thought? Well, and what's funny is their head coach does those 360 dance things and he can't dance. But anyway. I mean, neither can I, but I'm I will say that. Head coach. 
I will say this: the most obnoxious, for the exception of Texas, I mean that can go both ways, for Texas fans towards us and vice versa. Florida State fans, 2010 when they came to Norman in 2010, now they were pretty obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Too bad okay. they all left at halftime, but I mean they were still obnoxious. But still, <laughs> now Florida State fans would be my Air Force was cool, Armory was cool. Um, who else? Texas Tech can get pretty, pretty rowdy, but oh, no, Florida, yeah. and the Florida State Mike wins Leach. that one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, shout out, absolutely. Swing your sword, swing your sword, baby. What would happen if Grambling State goes to beats LSU? That'd be kind of hilarious. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, we're not going down that road. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this on your guys because you know. Uh, your your guys' uh, mascot is pretty jacked. His arms are like massive, like John oh, T. Roy. Massive. Yeah, T. Yeah. Roy. Yeah, don't fuck yeah. with him. T. Roy either. spends a lot of time in the gym, and that <laughs> sword is very heavy. I mean, compared I to his skin. Um, <laughs> so I mean, he's yeah. T. Roy is is pretty excitable. Um, he got in a fight with the Chanticleer at the Sun Belt Conference Championship, and that went nice. really well. Um, so I mean, we're just. Everybody at Troy, basically, like I've already said, is completely unhinged, detached from reality, and just ready to start fights. So, I mean, basically, this is the – I'm so looking forward to this year. Um, I mean, every time I go to a game, I'm like, what do I need? Do I need my ID? Do I need bail money? Like, what – I mean, it's we're just having a great time. And I had um, no bill money in Atlanta, and I almost needed it. You like, sure it was, didn't. I you did. Sure I did, did not. not. I mean, and, and, and I speaking of, uh, I mean, speaking of un, unhinged Troy fans, um, I'm about to go unhinged real quick. Big game boomer. I'm going to call him out. I'm sorry, you're an Oklahoma fan too. Um, oh, his, I probably know where this is going. But yeah, go his his rankings of of mascots. <laughs> he got that. What T Roy at 120? We're behind the cow bear. Have you seen that thing? That thing looks <laughs> yeah. like it has been in a Chuck E. Cheese yep. for 22 years. And we've decided, hey, we're going to put this on a college kid and put it out there on the field and, and cheer people up. That thing scares people, Paul. Mm. I, I mean, uh, you put T-Roy down there at 120. What's Sparty got that we don't? Yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he just put him put us down there because he has no idea who T-Roy. He probably never been heard of Troy. You're kidding me. I'm about to go yeah. on hinge on the I, I kept my tongue on Twitter. I was about to lose it. Yeah, but. no. Big game boomer. T Roy is coming after you. You're not welcome in Pike County, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your so power shuts off out. about now <laughs> five, six o'clock at night, and you look out the window and, and you see T Roy on the street. You know what's happening. Right. <laughs> you know it's coming. You're about to get stuck. Gig him. <laughs> All right, there it is. Unhinged fandom. For, I'm going to put it back the- now. <laughs> and they, uh, we're talking mascots here. In the Royal Rumble, who would actually win that? Like a Sunbelt Royal like Rumble a, or yeah, like a Sunbelt Royal together? Rumble? Oh, God. Gus, Gus the Eagle's really pretty fast. good. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure your guys' mascot would probably do well nationally, but I have a feeling that a lot of national mascots would cheat, though. So well, yeah, well, well I mean, I, I, Red yeah. Wolf. The Red Wolf is going to be tough. Uh, yeah, that's not going to respond to the Trojan Steel. 
um, very well. I mean, the Chanticleer is dead immediately. Um, I mean, the Chanticleer is <laughs> right. not happening. Right. Yosef didn't the, even show up. Oh, yeah. No, that guy's like just living in the holler, um, drinking Mountain Dew. He's not showing up. Um, oh, the the, the, the moat. Yeah, the alley cats, they're, they're in the alley. Yeah, the mobile alley cats, they're getting neutered. Um, you know, I, I mean, we got the Panthers. Uh, Panthers, an impressive beast. Um, you got the golden what, uh, eagle and the other eagle. That you got, yeah, you got eagles, I mean, I think okay. we can probably skewer the eagles with the Trojan sword. I mean, the Warhawk, um, too, all three the of them. The Warhawk, yeah, I think three. we can get the Warhawk, too. The raging Cajun. I mean, that just sounds like the assistant coach from the Water Boy. Right. Yeah, um, so I'm not really out. afraid of him. I don't uh, know. I mean, I think the Red that? Wolf. The Red Wolves are our biggest problem, and it's it's plural, so it's like multiple wolves. That I think is a problem. That's right. Um, Beating that thing would be inconceivable. It would be. Yeah. Well, and and look, if you were a wolf that lived in Jonesboro, you'd be pretty hungry. Um, so, I mean, it'd be like a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Um, so, I mean, I think they, yeah, I'm going, I think T-Roy finishes probably right behind the, the pack of Red Wolves. Um, they're going to be tough to take out, you know. This is great podcast. This is fun. This is, this this is top is, quality material. This, yeah, this is why, this is why the medium was invented. This oh, right oh here. we forgot about the buffalo. Look at us. We straight forgot about the buffalo from Marshall. Oh, he because because he hadn't shown up yet. I mean, the that herd, buffalo the is herd. slow. Those uh, red wolves would be nipping at that buffalo. <laughs> that's right. ODU. The they got time. the the lion, the monarch mm-hmm. the lion. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. them too. ODU. I, I I forget the new people exist. What's JMU? What is their mascot? They are the Dukes. Dukes. I think they're oh, a dog. Oh, they're, yeah. That's not going to oh, last yeah, very long. Right. Yeah. Uh, so ODU's mascot. ODU's mascot's going to go back through the 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 cabinet back into Narnia. Like they're not going to compete. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's T. Roy versus the Red Wolves at for me. Um, and and I think who knows how it ends up. I think it's not good for Peta, um, but <laughs> maybe not good for the Trojans. So, who would win the final mascot question for you guys? Who would win USC's uh, Trojan or Troy's? Hell in a cell, 60 minutes. I'm almost insulted. Yeah. No, ours would. Um, when our players win trophies, they don't have to give them back. So, <laughs> um, so we would we would win. I mean, because... we would have beaten Tulane. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we would have we would have dog walked Tulane. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Southern Miss, Miss beat them and we took mm, care yeah. of them. So I yeah, transitive so. property. We we beat everybody. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, Troy versus everybody. Um, yeah, no, it's not even not even a question. Their their Trojan is not a real Trojan. Um, I mean, his name's Tommy. You know, from the, the, the Cecil, from the Sicilian side of Troy. You know, like I don't, I just don't trust it. Do not like USC at all. No. <laughs> we are the men of Troy. They are not. <laughs> At me, at me, <laughs> at Troy Boys Podcast, at Troy Boys Podcast <laughs> with a Z because it's hip. Lincoln Riley, Adam, Troy, <laughs> the remain. So, looking at the uh, Troy's twenty twenty three season, what would be the keys, um, the key to the season to have a successful season um, this year? 
Uh, I guess I'll go first, and I, I'm going to take the easy answer. Um, it, it's going to be what I said earlier. We've got to fill the holes in defense, build the stout D-line that Troy has branded itself with, and shut everybody down that comes in. Um, you know, we're going to have some quality offensive opponents. I can't believe I'm going to say it out loud, but South Alabama is going to have a decent offense this year. Uh, JMU always has a decent offense. Um, but JMU's small, you know, so I, I think we can take care of them. I, I really mm-hmm. think that our biggest offensive opponents are going to be South and Western Kentucky. Um, and if we can control them, I, I think we'll be fine. But it, the, the question, like I said, is can we fill the holes fast enough and be comfortable as a defense to stop everything that comes in? Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll take a key on the other side. I think um, what does Gunnar Watson do? Um, you know, does is Gunnar Watson going to be the same player people have complained about him being for five years? Um, or is he going to take a, a step forward? You know, uh, Coach Summerall seems really impressed with him, um, says that he's changed the way he's eating, says he's changed the way he's behaving in the weight room, and that he's like a different player. Um, do we see that on the field? Does he start making better decisions? Um, because Troy doesn't need him to be, um, you know, uh, some, he didn't, he doesn't have to be Peyton Manning. You know, he won the Sunbelt championship game MVP by completing 13 passes. Um, he just didn't make a bunch of mistakes. Um, so does he continue moving in that direction? Um, you know, I think that's the offensive key. The one key we didn't say, um, you know, cause I, I guess it's, uh, you know, uh, the coaching staff probably would prefer that we didn't is, um, you know, how serious is this team role that TJ Jackson broke? You know, like how mad at him are we? Um, are we one game mad? Um, are we two games mad? Are we six games mad? Uh, because he's a big difference maker. Um, him being out here uh, versus uh, his backup is a huge difference. So, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, we get through the first half of Stephen F. Austin and T.J. Jackson comes trotting out, um, that's going to be a huge difference for the team. I mean, you agree, Bass? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I, whenever you lose a quality player, you, you, again, you got to fill the gap. And I, and I feel like we're kind of in the same situation of what I said before in that you can't be successful unless you know who's doing what you're very comfortable with what's going on around you. And I feel like from what we've heard from, from spring training and what we've heard from fall practices is we're getting there. Um, but it's not quite there yet. Um, you know, coach talks a lot about offense here lately, which gets me concerned because we've not talked a lot about defense in fall practices. Um, but at the same time, everyone's curious about the offense. So I understand why he's talking a lot about it because Troy fans as a whole, that's their biggest question mark is what is the offense going to look like this year? Because it was so different last year. Um, But I I think on the whole, if everybody shows up and is comfortable with what's going on around them, which alludes back to probably why Gunnar Watson's been our guy for a while. Everyone seems comfortable with him in the QB position on the field, Not, not in the stands. We don't matter because at the end of the day, we're just there to support the Trojans. But if if the guys in the slot are comfortable with who's throwing the ball to them, that that at the end of the day is going to matter more to team dynamic than us cheering or hating on them. Um, so I, I think if everybody's comfortable with who's where and what, I think we'll be fine. But are we there yet? That's my question. 
looking at the 23 season as we're winding down the, sh- the show real quick before we go to the 23 schedule uh courtesy of collegefootballnews.com some fun stats for the 2022 trojans uh fourth quarter you guys outscored outscored your opponents 131 to 51 fumbles um you get the opponents had 25 they lost 13 of them troy had 13 fumbles and lost nine and then the fourth down conversions was pretty impressive that's as Troy's 17 of 26, and uh, they equal up to be 65%, and the opponents were 15 of 29 and 52%. So that's pretty, pretty impressive on that mm-hmm. fourth down conversion. Looking at the season schedule for um, for Troy for 23, you know, the best part is that for you guys, I'm sure, um, as well as no, there's no Appalachian State, there's no Coastal Carolina, there's no Marshall and there's no Georgia Southern. Um, I know courtesy of the Sunbelt uh, preseason poll, have them as a threat to potentially win the Sunbelt. What would be the over-under win total that you guys would have? Of course, non-conference consists of Stephen F. Austin going to Kansas State and then um, Western Kentucky, and then midway through this uh, season is at Army. What would be the win total? And is it possible that you guys could easily, in my opinion, go 11-1? Whoa. Joe, I'll let you go first. No, I think that is uh yeah, I mean there's a lot of confidence around the squad right now. I you know, we did our our preseason pod. Um, I picked us to go ten and two. Um, I think that was pretty aggressively camp. Um, like I think I, I was definitely very optimistic. You know, I think the out of conference schedule is really good for us. Um, you know, I think we've got games we can win. Um, you know, I, I think Kansas State is probably a loss. Um, we get James Madison at home, um, and that's quickly becoming kind of a pseudo rivalry just because of how much Troy people um, hate James Madison fans online. Um, and then we're bringing the team from Mobile up for the battle for the belt um, on Thursday night. They've got to come to our stadium. Um, but I mean, that's a weird kind of rivalry thing. I I think maybe the most recent time that they've won the belt, they did it in Troy. If I can, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, so the the visiting team kind of has a, an advantage in that rivalry. Um, you know, but I still think, you know, and I'm going to go against Bass on this one because I know how many he picked. I I think nine is kind of the, the floor for me where, where I would say, um, you know, we really reached our potential. I think nine wins. Um, you know, I think anything less than that, uh, we didn't really take advantage of the talent we had and certainly the schedule we had. Um, you know, Bass, I know you were at eight wins. Um, yeah, I'm at so eight. Go ahead, and, go ahead and defend yourself as a pessimistic Troy fan. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, yeah, I have us at eight wins. Um, I, I see us falling to Kansas State, even though I think Kansas State is a winnable game. Kansas mm-hmm. State loses a lot of players, and I feel like that's being overlooked just because they were the Big Big 12 champion last year. But they're basically going to be a new team this year, and, and the question again is going to be, are they ready to go? Um, and so I think Kansas State's a winnable game. Uh, James Madison is a winnable game. It's going to be tight and close. They're going to come. James Madison's going to be that team. If you look at their schedule, they have easy wins right in front of them. So they're going to come into our stadium two and zero. 
thinking that they won the East because, you know, Keith Gill gave them the title of East division champion, even though they couldn't technically hold the title. Um, and they ain't played nobody, Paul, but they're going to let them have it. So they're going to come in saying we have the chance now to take off, you know, the big wig and they're going to give us their best game. I, I think Western Kentucky is another game we could easily lose to Georgia state's going to be a cakewalk. Arkansas state's going to be a cakewalk Army's re you know, revamping their offensive scheme right now. They're traditionally that option team, but they're switching to the shotgun this year. Um, so Army's going to lose their identity this year, and they're going to take a lot of steps back from what they've been in the past. So I think Army's a very achievable game for us. Texas State, I think, is that tricky team. I know Joe's going to start moaning and groaning wow. right now, but they have a new they have a new coach. That the town of San Marcos, Texas, is is rallying around this new coach, just like we did John Summerall last year. Now, they don't have the talent that we had, but he's bringing in a lot of new players. That transfer portal's been hit hot, and he's really recruiting local Southwest Texas. He's, he's really trying to pull in people um, local to, dr- to drive what they're growing right there at Texas State. So I feel like that's going to be a team that in, in three, four years' time is going to be different than what we know it as right now. So if Texas State can get rolling fast – their schedule is set up in a way that right before us, it's easy. You know, they have opportunities to breathe. They have opportunities to set themselves up to be successful against Troy. It's a home game for them, so we're going to be the ones to travel. You know, Troy to Texas State is the longest interdivisional game in driving distance in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, so that is the longest stretch we have to play every single year. So that that's going to be tiring on us. Um, it's a 2 p.m. kickoff, so it, it, it's just it, it's it's setting itself up for me to be a disaster, um, waiting to happen. Especially if we walk in thinking this is just Texas State, so that's a game we could very easily lose, in my opinion. South Alabama, we said it earlier, is a team that it's a rivalry game, yeah. And like Joe said, in the the battle for the belt rivalry, the away team has typically won this thing. Um, you know, we, we've called it the curse of the away team. You know, it, it's just one of those things. You know, if you're the away team, you have a solid chance of winning that game. Um, so, South, I, I'm I'm worried about Louisiana Monroe. As much as I love Terry Bowden, that, that ain't it, Paul. Um, Monroe's an easy win for us. Lala's going to be another easy win for us. And Southern Miss, I don't like those guys. So, uh, Everyday Eagles podcast, cool people, go take a listen. Um, so, I, I have us at going eight and four this year because there's just a lot of opportunities for us to trip and fall. And we're going to do it this year. It's going to happen. Um, so I, I think we're just going to, we're going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, too many times for other people. And I think we're going to trip and fall. With that being said, what bowl game <clears throat> you guys are, um, shooting for this year? I think we're, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, th- I mean, I think any of them, you know, it's so weird. You talked about conference. We talked about conference realignment earlier, mm-hmm. Another thing that's changed a lot is bowls, like mm-hmm. where bowls pick. Because so Troy had a great year last year. We went to the Cure Bowl, a and because time. of how early it was in the season, the bowl season, people thought that Troy had kind of gotten screwed. Like, oh, we we are the conference champions. Yeah. We got this terrible bowl. It was it but was actually, like at eleven o'clock on a Friday. Like it was it was not a good time hey. for television, but. Speaking on behalf of someone who was pretty heavily buzzed in downtown Orlando <laughs> for that eleven o'clock kick, it was a great time. Um, but they, they, what happens is 
people lose track of like because New Orleans Bowl used to always be mm-hmm. the premier bowl. Yeah, that was the, the Cure Bowl. bowl. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The the Cure Bowl now has the first pick. So really, what you want to say every year going into the season is we're going to go to the Cure Bowl. Um, that just hasn't kind of taken root yet. What I'd really like, I mean, what I'd like to see, um, you know, any bowl, I think. Uh, Troy fans are not going to be happy if we go to the Camellia Bowl just because it's so many Troy alums are in Montgomery. Um, you know, it's not um, Montgomery. I know you're not going to believe this. Montgomery is not exactly the most exciting city in the world. Right. Um, but like, I think what I'd like to see happen is like us um, do well enough to be able to fill like one of those kind of outside slots. Like a lot of times us a, a Sunbelt team will end up in the Birmingham Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and now while that's not geographically exciting, obviously we have a lot of alums in Birmingham too. Um, the one exciting thing is you get an SEC opponent. Um, so you'd have a chance for Troy to like uh, one Lindy's, I think, predicted us to go to the Birmingham Bowl to play Mississippi State. Um, that mm-hmm. would be incredibly exciting. There yep. are a lot of Troy alums that are also degree holders from Mississippi state or are married to Mississippi state alums. Um, You work with Mississippi state alums. So, I mean, it would be a lot of fun and you also see a huge amount of success usually for the group of five um, because we're still fighting. The group of five is still fighting in bowl season. Bowl season still means something to us. Um, Whereas like a team like Mississippi state, you might see guys start to, you know, take plays off or ah, I'm not really interested in playing. I'm worried about my transfer status or my draft status. Um, and so a lot of times you can come in and win a game like that. Um, and it would be a special memory for Troy because we, um, one of our very first power five wins was against Mississippi state in a rainstorm up in Starkville. So I would love to see something like that happen, but really any type of bowl um, that we get to go to, um, you know, Troy fans realize now, thanks to all the terrible Chip Lindsay years, how lucky you are to get to go to a bowl game. Um, so if you mm-hmm. get invited to one, buy your tickets and book your hotel room and say, I can't wait to go to Cleveland um, or wherever the bowl is because you can't get picky in this sport. Um, you just got to celebrate every single win and every single bowl. Um, and that'll make your guys work harder. What what about you, Bat? I know I've really like thrown chum in the water for you, Bat. Oh, yeah. You're Troy just, you're just, just going to go one. Uh, yeah, that'd be a great game. I'd be excited to see that one again. Um, I, you know, and he, you hit the nail on the head, and, and I'm still in that position. I think the New Orleans Bowl is the premier bowl for the Sun Belt. I still think that, even though it's the second dibs now, right? Is that how that goes? Yes. Like ESPN mm-hmm. gets first dibs and they give it to the mm-hmm. Cure Bowl, and then New Orleans gets two, and then it, it divvies back out to ESPN the rest of the way. Um, so I, I, you know, I still think New Orleans Bowl is the premier bowl. Um, so I, I'd like to say that we're going to the New Orleans Bowl, and and what's become the thing for them now is they'll pick the Louisiana school that made it in. Um, right. That's that's what because it makes good money, and I understand that. Um, you know, but it, I think a destination game that's not Orlando on Friday at eleven o'clock would be cool. Um, you know, like the Myrtle Beach Bowl that was kind of on the docket there for a while for us last year that was that was something we had our sights on i think that'd be cool um you know because that's somewhere we don't typically get to go unless you're going to watch coastal which let's be real who's going to watch coastal um i think that'd be cool for us uh, you know what's the other one that's out there in um 
in Texas? Is it the Frisco, the Frisco Bowl? Bowl? Yeah, the Frisco Bowl. I think that would be cool. Um, so I, there are plenty of options for us. Um, but as long as it's a bowl game, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to be happy that we're going and we're doing this, um, whether it's in Montgomery, Frisco, Orlando, or Myrtle Beach. Hey, <clears throat> I say nothing you know, wrong with that. Hopefully it's the best of the best for you guys. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully you guys have a great season, But which I'm sure you could. And, of course, uh, I got the notification. has nothing to do with Troy, but Trey Lance being rumored to be traded out of San Francisco 49ers for all you NFL lovers. There you go. That's going to listen in. So nice. Trey Lance on the hot seat. But anyway, more importantly – Troy football, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know these guys, listen to the podcast. Great stuff. Guys, it was a fun show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And thank you so much for having us, man. I mean, this is great. And and we invite like all the, uh, you know, your big Sooners fan. Um, you know, you're going to need something else to watch. Uh, Oklahoma doesn't play every week. You know, uh, become a become a Troy, become a halftime Troy fan and, and watch the Trojans. Absolutely. I, I promise you, under John Summerall, um, we are always fun to watch. I can't promise you a win, but I can promise you we're going to be fun and we're going to fight. Absolutely. Um, and that, that's what we do. So, um, and, and that probably reminds you a little bit of OU. Um, so, you know, we, we welcome everybody aboard. Um, and I, I don't think we have Oklahoma on our schedule um, anytime in the next 10 years. They make these schedules so far out. Um, but, but if we do, um, we are definitely going to return the favor and, and get you back on the pod and let you, um, you know, you can you can ride a wagon around while you <laughs> with us, or, um, you know, yell boomer sooner, whatever you need to do, um, you know, to to get excited. We will let you do it because um, we would we would love to have that opportunity. But thank you so much for having us on uh, your awesome podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, like he said, if there's anybody out there that's looking for a another team to maybe watch in your downtime can take a look at the Trojans. We're doing some great things and we're taking care of business here in the Sun Belt. No, I definitely be watching. And uh, that's a wrap on this week's show. Uh, like I said, college football just around the corner. We're just team minors. I believe now two weeks, if that, and uh, we're ready to kick things off without further ado. Hopefully first off bird, um, your other co-hosts of the, uh, Troy Boys podcast. Hopefully, he feels better uh, quick for you guys and for him personally. Because, um, you know, yeah. Trojan Joe. I think it was the bird flu, man. (laughs) (laughs) The puns never end. Trojan Joe, Sea Bass of the Troy Boys podcast. Give them a listen. You won't be disappointed. And as they said, give Troy a watch this season. And, uh, you probably won't be disappointed either. If anything, if you love football, you're going to do it anyway because we said so. All the way from Oklahoma City, you've been listening to the Air Raid Attack Podcast. We'll see you all same time, same place next week. Have a great week, and we'll see you then. You've been listening to the Air Raid Attack Podcast. Sports, life stories, general topics, but mainly football. Can you blame us? Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you had as much fun as we did. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter at Air Raid Podcast and on YouTube and Facebook at Air Raid Attack Podcast. 
see you next time at your home of the unfiltered, unscripted, 100% authentic Air Raid Attack Podcast. Let's go! Let's go!